0: What's up, everybody? Happy Monday. It's time for some TNC. Hope you guys are ready. Hope you had a good weekend. Let me make sure I got everything up and running. Phone lines are up. Esan in the chat says, Wilder won the arbitration. Dude, you're trolling, right? Because uh, all the information I just heard, unless something's breaking right now, you guys need to let me know. But Esan, if you're trolling, and we just started a show, you can't troll that quickly. You got you to give me some time to ease into it. Then we, then we can start to troll. Uh, anyway, because uh, we had totally different news. Totally different news. All right. Well, hold on a second, guys, because Isan uh, is saying, swear to God. Uh, well, a couple of you guys are saying this. Midwest Boxing saying, I just heard off some IG page. Wilder one is arbitration case. Is this true? Isan says, swear to God. Well, shit. All right. You guys are going to have to give me a link because, man, I just, I mean, Tyson Fury said something totally different the other day. Let's see here because I know it'll be all over my page. But I will tell you what, guys, I'll pull up my Twitter account here on my screen here that you can't see. And um, it is all over Twitter. Okay, Mark Kriegel reporting. So if Mark Kriegel's reporting it, I do trust that. Uh, Mark Kriegel says so. Breaking news. All right, we're just going to get right into uh, news here. Uh, an arbitrator has ruled that Tyson Fury and Bronze Bobber must face each other in a rematch by September 15th. Okay, so let's get into the show, guys, and then we'll we'll read more about this. All right, welcome back, fight fans, to episode number 267 of the neutral corner boxing podcast. I am your host, Michael Montero, for Ring Magazine, Ring TV, and the Ring Digital YouTube channel where you're watching me live right now. Quick reminder. That the July issue of Ring Magazine with the great, legendary Sugar Ray Robinson on the cover is out in stores and is available. Of course, you can get the digital version online. But me, I'm old school. I like the hard copy, man. I, I got to have the actual magazine. I mean, look at my backdrop, guys. Obviously, I like magazines. So, um, Make sure you guys check that out, okay? Uh, TNC 267 for the week of May 22nd. As always, I remind you guys, please, please, please uh, make sure that you're subscribed here on The Ring Digital, but also make sure that you're subscribed on Montero Unboxing, not just on YouTube, but on podcasts, podcast platforms uh, all around the world, wherever you listen to podcasts. Because... Uh, we go live video every Monday, and then the audio pod goes out on Montero Unboxing's podcast platforms globally. So whichever podcast you listen to, and I know there's about 14,000 of them, whichever one, or maybe you listen on a few different platforms, please make sure you subscribe to me. Make sure that you're dropping a rating, a review. That helps me out so, so much. And I know that a lot of you guys who listen, you've you've done it before, uh, but some of you haven't. You know what I'm saying? So please Uh, If you listen on multiple platforms, make sure that on all of them that you're you're, you're just dropping a quick rating a review. It really, really helps me Uh, on Apple Podcasts, for example. I I can pull the analytics. I see how many thousands of people are listening. I've only got, I don't know, I think 150 reviews or something on there. We need to get those numbers up. So please, guys, make sure that you do that. Okay, Um, I'm just going to get right into this because literally I went live five minutes ago here on YouTube, and a few of you on the chat have said that um, Deontay Wilder won arbitration against, uh, I don't don't think it's against Tyson Fury or anything. He just, they went into court. He wanted the third fight. It's been over a year, well, almost a year and a half now. By the time this fight happens, it will be over a year and a half. It's holding up the entire heavyweight division and the entire sport, but Deontay Wilder and his legion of Desperately loyal fans do not give a shit. So I am looking at my Twitter uh, Twitter timeline here, and it's flooded with tweets about this. And I'm looking at Mark Kriegel's official Twitter page. And he just tweeted this out at 4.32 p.m., just a few minutes before I went live here, uh, 4.32 p.m. Eastern time, because uh, I know a lot of you guys are listening all over the world. But uh, Mark Kriegel says, Breaking an arbitrator has ruled that Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder must face, face each other in a rematch. He calls it the rematch, even though it will be a third fight. So, uh, Mark, I don't like your wording there. This is a third fight. Uh, by September 15th, this September 15th, obviously, 2021, and he says, more to come. He says, more TK. Uh, I think he meant, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the hell he meant by TK. But let's see what else he has on there. Um, That's it. That's his latest tweet. And um, damn, dude, just yesterday, May 16th, Tyson Fury uh, tweeted something. And I think he posted something on Instagram. He said, massive announcement. Fury versus Joshua is on August 14th in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. And I I tell you what, guys, um, you you know, I'm always cautious about this stuff because if a fight uh, isn't officially signed and announced by all the parties involved, including the promotion, uh, the promoters, but also the networks, and not just by one side, but both sides, I always have caution. I mean, I did a radio spot last night. In fact, they sent me the uh, the audio, and I was going to post that on my YouTube channel later today. I did a, audio, a national radio segment last night on Dave Smith's show, did the legendary Dave Smith out of Los Angeles. I've done a ton of radio segments with him. And he wanted to do a radio segment talking about Tyson Fury's announcement, and I, I made sure to clearly state, "Hey, man, it's not official yet, okay? But this is what's being reported." August fourteenth, Saudi Arabia, blah blah blah. And then we broke down the fight and talked about the heavyweight division. But I made sure to, to, to stipulate, "It's not officially official." And in fact, last week there was a couple announcements about this, and I kind of trolled because I, you know, there was I think uh, Sky, Sky Sports <clears throat> did a. uh the website did did a announcement that the fight was on. Right. And I retweeted it and I I quote tweeted it and said, this isn't officially official, you know? So, so I don't know what to believe right now, but Mark Kriegel works with ESPN who represents Tyson Fury. So if he's saying that this fight is off and um, you know, there would be no benefit to him saying that politically, you know, that the Fury Joshua fight is off. So let's assume that this is legitimate. And that an arbitrator ruled that Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury have to fight next uh, by September 15th. Okay, so we get that fight. It'll be on Fox pay per view. Perhaps it's another split Fox slash ESPN pay per view. Perhaps since Deontay, or I'm sorry, uh, Fury one last time, it'll just be on ESPN pay per view. All those details are going to have to be worked out. But honestly, guys, um, it's a good fight. Don't get me wrong. Anytime Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury fight, It's going to be a good fight, but is this progress? Let's say they fight September 15th. Okay. Because they'll, they'll push that back as as far as they can, or at some point at the very end of August, early September, that is uh, a full, well, almost two years, but more than a year and a half from the second fight, which was what last January. I always forget it was a January or February. I just, I know it was at the beginning of 2020. You're going to get the third fight toward the very end of 2021. Meanwhile, the fight everybody wants to see, the majority of the fans want to see, is a fight between Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua. And there was a site fee offered. Apparently it was uh, $155 million, and there was going to be a $75 million split between Fury's side and Joshua's side. $5 million uh, was going to go to the undercard. Talk about a one percent or type of card that would have been a record site fee, obviously a record uh, purse for for both men. This would have broke the the previous record site fee uh, over in that part of the world for the Joshua Ruiz rematch. So uh, Tyson Fury yesterday he said, "I just got off the phone with Prince Khalid of Saudi Arabia. He told me the fight is one hundred percent on August 14th. So I don't know what what the hell to believe right now. I, I truly don't. But I am sick and tired of the back and forth between uh, all these people involved. And I got to be honest, um, all of them share some blame. Anthony Joshua's side, probably the least. Then Tyson Fury's side. But Deontay Wilder's side, look, man, I don't want to sit here and beat up on Deontay because he gets enough flack. And a lot of it is self. He he deserves some of it. A lot of it is uh, he created himself. But um, at the same time, I just don't want to dump on the guy But, dude, you're holding up progress in the heavyweight division. It's not as if the second fight was competitive. Tyson Fury won every second of every round of that rematch. And Wilder didn't come in injured. There wasn't some uh, – there's all kinds of conspiracies, of course. But it's not as if Wilder came in with some major injury that we find out about later, or there is uh, any cheating going on. Of course, forget about the conspiracies. I'm, th- I'm, I'm talking about actual cheating that was proven. There was drug testing for that rematch. Uh, everything, the gloves and all that were, were thoroughly inspected by Nevada State Athletic Commission officials. Uh, there was no scoring controversy. It was a one-sided absolute domination. And it was last February 22nd, Tony Yeyo in the chat. Thank you for correcting me because I couldn't remember if it was January or February. So now we're going to have to wait literally until 2022 before we get the Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua fight. If somehow Deontay Wilder shocks the world and beats Tyson Fury in this third fight, um, that's an amazing story. And I hope that Wilder would fight Anthony Joshua next year, but there's a track record here, guys, and I'm not going to get into a whole Al Heyman PBC thing and what they do, Spence Crawford, Uh, I could give you a million examples, but Deontay Wilder himself turned down what I think it was a hundred plus million dollar deal to go over to the zone. They're going to pay him 20 million for the Brazil fight. And then I think 40 million uh, for two fights guaranteed with Anthony Joshua, right? There was going to be a two fight deal there. He turned that down. He turned that down ultimately to take less money uh, against a guy that he thought would end up being easier. He, him and his team, would um, like a lot of us looked at Tyson Fury and I think undersold him and they thought that was going to be uh easy pickup where they could get the lineal championship quote unquote, and uh, take that to negotiations with Joshua. So there's a track record there of Wilder and his team not wanting to fight Anthony Joshua. So if somehow he were to beat the um, Tyson Fury in the third fight this August, September, assuming that's what happens, I don't, I'm not, I'm not that confident that next year we get the consolidation. You take Deontay Wilder out of this situation, I'm very, very sure that both Fury and Joshua wanted that fight. They truly wanted that fight. And yes, it it was a pain in the ass with the negotiations. It was back and forth. And there was all this talk and conjecture on social media that drove me freaking nuts. And there was every podcast with Tyson Fury took a shit today. What does this mean about the Anthony Joshua fight? Oh, Anthony Joshua masturbated. Uh, you know, today in, in his closet. What does that mean about the Tyson Fury matchup? Every damn podcast, every damn website was posting articles like that. and It's driving me nuts. You know, Eddie Hearn is wearing a bathrobe while picking up the paper. What does this mean about negotiations? You know, I don't give a shit. Just make the goddamn fight. And now it looks like we're not going to get it. So, uh, you know, this honestly sucks. But again, I, I'm not even 100% sure I believe this. And who knows? Maybe there's some step aside money planned and they could do that and maybe this was all just a a ploy of wilder's team to get some extra money in his pocket and he ends up fighting the winner maybe that could be negotiated i don't freaking know but uh you know we got a phone call here let's jump over to the phones real quick and i'll get back to news and notes uh man this just blew up right before the damn show so let's uh let's jump over to the phones five one three you're on the show go
1: Hey Michael, uh, just, I'm like I don't understand why they keep putting these rematch clauses in in these fights because like they don't not all these fights require a rematch. I mean I don't see why anything's going to be different if Wilder fights Fury again. It,
2: I, yeah, I hear you, man. That, that's just... I mean, it
1: just
0: well, first of all, who am I talking to? Uh, this is Andrew. <laughs> Andrew, okay. Well, thanks for calling in, man. Yeah. Um... You know, I, I, that's just the way these big deals are negotiated now. When you have fighters on, it's it's part of the problem with the fractured nation, uh, nature of the sport right now. Because if you have a fighter on Fox, a fighter on ESPN, and they're doing a huge deal like this, the, the money's so big and there's so much at stake that they just want to wrap it uh, together with a, a rematch clause. And I just think every big fight that you see from here going forward, it's going to have that kind of stuff. Uh, tied into it, unfortunately.
1: Well, do you do you think there's a way they could maybe add like stipulations to the rematch clause where if like the fight ends in a knockout, it's yeah. null and void, or if it's wide enough on the cards, they can't go redo the rematch clause because it's not really necessary because the fight wasn't good enough or like close enough or competitive enough to really constitute a rematch. <laughs>
0: That's a really good, uh, really, really good point, man. And I think going forward, yeah, we're going to see that. Also, how about a global pandemic? No one saw that shit coming. So that wasn't obviously in the contract before because nobody, we, you know, sports and, and boxing specifically has never gone through something exactly like COVID before. So I think going forward, there's probably going to be stipulations like this in the contract. I mean... Deontay Wilder fans are going to be extremely excited about this, if it's legitimate and this all comes true, right? And he ends up fighting Fury a third time. But I think the majority of fans were looking forward to Fury and Joshua fighting more. So to me, this is kind of holding up progress. And I think going forward, promoters and fighters are going to want to protect themselves in contracts like this. And you might start to see stipulations like that. I think that's a great suggestion, Andrew.
1: Well, I guess the only good thing that might come out of this, I know Usyk is the the WBO mandatory for Joshua. We might get that fight now.
0: (laughs) Yeah, perhaps we do get that fight because where else does Joshua go?
1: I mean, if it's mandated by the WBO, he's been waiting for a while too. I mean, yeah. it, Fury's doing an interim fight, and it might not end up being a bad thing because the guy's probably got some ring rust. Both of them have been out of the ring a while,
0: haven't they? <laughs> yeah, man. The whole heavyweight division is has been held up um, for really the whole damn year. Uh, you know, like we're, we've all been waiting. And honestly, again, I don't want to turn this into an anti Deontay Wilder thing because I get accused of being overly critical. But it's him and his team demanding this third fight with Fury. That on the on the back end, you know, behind the scenes, has been holding everything up, because once uh, Fury and Joshua, once that fight was announced, everything else was going to start to fall into place. Not just in the heavyweight division, but I think you would have seen Errol Spence's next fight, uh, Terrence Crawford's next fight, the Canelo Plant fight, all those things, all those chips were going to start to fall into place. The big big fight, the big you know cloud over everybody has been Fury Joshua. And if that's blown up now, then the whole thing's been on hold all year for nothing. <laughs> it sucks.
1: <laughs> well, and the, the other interesting thing is I don't even really, like, you know, I've uh, i I'm, I'm just kind of started to really kind of start to get into the sport more, but I'd catch out the big fights. I actually tuned in for the second fight between Fury and, and Joshua. It was right when I kind of just would, would started boxing in the periphery. I enjoyed the event. But I, I that can't be a good idea for Wilder I mean he had I mean I think he'd be better off going somewhere else to kind of start to feel himself a little bit more again, kind of get a couple more ws back before he goes to try and take out the king again, you know it's, yeah that makes sense to me I,
0: yeah, and I, I honestly, it could build up a third fight uh and make it that much bigger i mean look if if we got fury versus Joshua. Uh, August 14th, like they were planning on doing like, and wanted to do. And then you had, let's say, Wilder take on Andy Ruiz, two guys uh, who really need a big win. They have a lot to prove, right? Uh, Ruiz had a dominant loss to AJ in, in, in their rematch, and Wilder had a dominant loss to Fury in his rematch. So if those two guys fought on Fox pay-per-view, maybe you know, a few weeks within the, the Fury-Joshua fight, the winners of those two fights, it's a no-brainer for next year and that could go to Las Vegas, Allegiant Stadium, that brand new stadium they built there. Uh, that would be 100% capacity. I mean, it just makes too much sense. That is a build, you know, that's something that fans could get behind. And now all that's on hold and it's just this this messy, nasty situation. And I say all this and I admit that Wilder Fury that their third fight, it's going to still be a good fight. I I do think Wilder will fight better. In the third fight. I, I think he'll look better. I think it'll be more competitive, but Fury is probably going to win. Yeah. And and then the, the fight that everybody really, really wants that consolidates the heavyweight division, the biggest fight in fight sports in probably 20 years now is held off for another year because one guy and his ego don't want it yet. It, it just sucks. Anyway.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, also like you talk about pay-per-views, like you know, Andy you brought up Andy Ruiz Wilder. Like, I I mean, I'm not made of money. I'm only gonna buy a pay-per-view if it looks like a really good matchup. That's something I buy. That's a fun fight.
0: <laughs> yeah, of course. It's 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 a great matchup, man. It's it's something that I think really would have broke through. And um unfortunately, all the momentum for that has just been crushed. You know, we had the COVID thing. Uh, Tyson Fury was trending. He was really, really, his name was out there among casual sports fans here in America after he beat Wilder, and then the pandemic hit, and that's nobody's fault. I mean, that just that happened to everybody, right? So uh, you understand why the momentum got crushed, but then, man, we're in May, and we're almost halfway through the year, and none of the top three premier heavyweights have fought yet, and none of them officially have a fight on the schedule yet. That's shit, man. That's shit. But Andrew, I gotta get into the show, man. We we've already been going here for 20 minutes on this topic, brother. But thanks for calling in, man.
1: Uh, no, no problem. <laughs> I appreciate you taking a phone
0: call. All right, brother. Call in again, man. All right. I see uh one one uh we got another call here, but uh just hang on, hang on real quick. I want to get through a couple other quick news items, okay? Um and it looks like I mean you guys are probably gonna want to talk about this because obviously it's a big deal, but Uh, In the chat, Craig Brain Impact says, if Tyson just flat out refuses the Wilder fight, what is the penalty and how can they even enforce it if Tyson no longer fights in the U.S.? I don't know. I mean, all that is detailed in the contract. So, you know, there would be certain ramifications with the sanctioning organizations. I think Fury holds the WBC title, but I don't know if Wilder is their mandatory or anything, so he might be good there. He'd be good with us at ring. Because um, he, you know, if if he didn't fight Wilder and fought Joshua instead, he'd be fine with us. So he, I think he'd be okay in the sanctioning organizations. But this is legal. I, this is if it's tied up in a, in a legal, legally binding contract, he could be out millions and millions of dollars, right? And it could cost him a suspension with with the actual uh, boxing authorities. You know, the, the Nevada State Athletic Commission. I don't know what's involved in the contract. I wasn't there. The only people that I truly, truly know other people who are directly involved. So all this will definitely get sorted out, but my hope, my real hope is that Wilder can take some step aside money and that he's guaranteed to face the winner next, early next year. I think that'd be the best case scenario. And in the meantime, let's see Wilder fight. I mean, he's probably going to fight Charles Martin for a comeback fight, but then fight Andy Ruiz while Fury and Joshua fight. And then the winners of those uh, two fights fight next year. I think that'd be great. So, all right, I'm scratching off my list here on the news uh of Fury Joshua August 14th in Saudi Arabia. This record setting site fee because it looks like that's axed. Um real quick, let me go back to Mark Kriegel's page because his Twitter page. He was the one who tweeted out this story here. Um nothing else since then. Nothing else since then. But for those of you who are just getting on, uh Mark Kriegel over at ESPN, who you know I consider a legitimate source. Uh, He tweeted, uh, breaking, an arbitrator has ruled that Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder must face each other in a third fight by September 15th, 2021. So that is the breaking news today. Boom. Uh, Other news I wanted to get you guys, uh, make you guys aware of. Uh, Team USA is sending six boxers to the 2020 Tokyo Olympics this summer. The 2020 Tokyo Olympics are happening in 2021. This is so crazy. Anyway, they're sending only six boxers. And guess what? Four are female. Two are male. Uh, so, USA boxing, which you look, it, it was hurt by the pandemic, more so maybe than other countries, not as much as some other countries. But I do think this affected things with the Olympics and all that to a certain degree. There were a couple guys that said, screw it, I'm going pro. You know, all those things happened. But for, uh, look, American women are going to dominate in the Olympic boxing for years to come. Our girls, are just bigger and meaner than the chicks in other parts of the world. They're going to win uh, Olympic medals uh, from here on out. I, I really, for at least uh, the next couple decades in women's Olympic boxing. But the men were sending two to the Olympics. They are, uh, They had they, both of these guys have a good chance of meddling though. So we'll, we'll see. AIBA World Championship scheduled for Belgrade, Serbia, uh, October 26th through November 6th. So uh, if you guys Care about that? I mean, I love seeing the world championships just because you see the young talent. But the AIBA, one of the most corrupt sporting organizations in the world. They're not quite as bad as the International Olympic Committee, the IOC, who is the worst. They're the absolute worst, and FIFA right there with them. Those just extreme levels of corruption in those uh parts of the uh, those uh, organizations. But AIBA, they're up there. They're definitely up there. All right, I see a few of you guys dropped off the phones. But um, we got one other call that held on. So let me jump over here. From Anonymous. Anonymous, you are on the show. Go. Anonymous.
3: Uh, Could that be me? Yes, that's you. (laughs) I like that name.
0: (laughs) Well, what's your real name? What's your real name? I'll
3: take that. (laughs) It's uh, John.
0: Oh, John. Okay. What's up, brother? How you doing, buddy?
3: Good. Uh, not much, not much. Uh, it's it's very early in the morning here, so bear with me. I'm still waking up. Okay. It's like seven a.m. So, if I'm a little bit uh, sort of uh, backward and slow, I do apologise in advance.
0: <laughs> it's all good, man.
3: Okay, okay. No, I I, I had to ring because uh, obviously with the AJ. Fury fight, if if what you're reporting is actually accurate and correct, then I mean that's we're being a bit out about this. I mean, as you said, if if that was to occur and we had the third fight with Wilder and Fury, and obviously Wilder wins, then that fights off. I mean that's that's a massive deal. I mean this is this is a really big deal.
0: It's huge. It's it's going to impact the heavyweight division for at least. The next 12 months, if not more?
3: Oh, well, it would be more. I mean, obviously, that's the biggest fight in boxing. So, Mm, yeah, uh, (laughs) Yeah, good point. As I say, I've virtually just sort of woken up and, uh, you know, we're sort of all talking about this, as I mentioned previously, in a very kind of blase way. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, you know, we've just announced, Eddie Hearn has just announced the biggest fight in boxing and certainly the biggest fight uh, since COVID. And now it may not occur. It may, in fact, it, will, it may not happen at all entirely. So that, that's scary. I mean, that's a very scary thought. So I'm still just taking this in and absorbing it. But, uh, oh, boy, yeah, not good.
0: I'm telling you, John, it looks, it looks like it's blown up because I'm looking, there's a few more sources that I trust who who? Uh, a couple of people just dm me. Uh, so this is legit. Uh, th-
3: don't it, tell it, me that. I don't wanna hear it.
0: I'm sorry, man. d <laughs> first thing in the morning, we're just ruining your day. But uh it's legit. I oh, know
3: you are. Oh, yeah. Gosh. It, so it does appear to be genuine. It's saying, that that's point.
0: it's genuine, yeah, because the people again, I a couple uh, guys have messaged me right. and I'm just checking gosh. my messages right now and it is legit, my friend.
3: Yep. Yep. Uh oh, dearie dee all right. Well, you've made my morning. Thank you for that. <laughs> I'll allow sorry. you. Uh, I'll let you go. I'll allow you to uh, to get on with the show. But uh, I, I can't believe it. This is this is a massive bummer. But uh, yeah. You know. There you go. You All might right. have to have a pint with breakfast.
0: Right. Uh, you might have to have a pint with breakfast, John, or, or two uh, with this uh, news.
3: Yeah, coffee, tequila, and uh, an egg. There yeah.
0: you go. Yeah. There you go.
3: Something like that. But anyway. All right. Okay. <laughs> All right, buddy. Uh, have a good show. Enjoy. All okay? right. Thank you. Take
0: care. Have a good one. Oh, uh, man.
3: And, and, you know, I, I
0: want to be clear here, guys, that um, – once again, I need to repeat this. Um, Deontay Wilder versus Tyson Fury for a third time, that's not a bad fight. It's it's going to still be heavy drama. I mean, all the Wilder heads and the conspiracy theory people and all this are going to be involved. <clears throat> it's going to be a big deal. It also works out because uh, Fury and his team were preparing for Anthony Joshua. They had a completely different uh, camp his body looks different because they were preparing for a different kind of fight. They were preparing for more of a distance tactical fight. And now, the way that Fury showed up, his body and everything is preparation for the Wilder rematch. Pardon my English, it's kind of fucked. So, Wilder and his team here, some sneaky genius, some, um, backroom dealings and some some th- this is the business of boxing it gets a little nasty it's very much like politics like the last presidential election there was some nastiness and you know um that's just how it gets you know what i'm saying so so um man on and on it goes this thing of ours with the uh, the soap opera you just never know what to freaking expect man okay you know what let's get into the review because we actually had a pretty damn good fight Uh, This weekend to talk about. So uh, Saturday, May 15th, Manchester, England, Joshua Boazzi improves the 14-0 with a TKO 4 win over Daniel Dos Santos. Uh, Boazzi, uh, good-looking, light heavyweight prospect. Now, this was an exciting KO. It was kind of a a looping right hand that caught uh, Dos Santos on the Temple And he immediately crumbled on his way down. For good measure, Boazzi nailed him again, and that put him spark out unconscious. uh, Scary knockout. But in fairness, Dos Santos' his resume is dog shit. I I, I took a shit this morning. That's about as you know as as substantial as Dos Santos' resume. That's not to shit on the fighter, Dos Santos. But that's just the reality. I'm having a little fun. I, I don't mean to be disrespectful. He hadn't faced legit world-class opposition. So great knockout for Boatzi, but it's time to step up the opposition. He hasn't fought uh, guys that, you know, are really going to start to test him. Let, let's bump it up now in the second half of 2021. But I'm interested in watching Boazzi. He's a Ghana native who now uh, lives in London, of course, trains out of London, was in the 2016 Olympics. He got bronze in the 2016 games, and he's a smart guy. He has a degree, a double degree, in management and sports science. So he's an educated boxer. So definitely this guy is going to be set up uh, for business or something like that after boxing. You love to see that. You love to see these guys coming out now and getting degrees and stuff like that uh, outside the ring, and they can still handle their business in the ring. So uh, he's a smart dude, and he can fight a little bit. I want to see more from him. PBC on Showtime, uh, TGB promotion. Sorry, Tom. Uh, Dignity Health Sports Park in Carson, California. This was a pretty fun card. I really thought that this was a fun card, and a part of it was there were actually fans there. I know a bunch of you guys that were there. Uh, One of my dear friends, Jeff Joyner, went with a friend of mine, Anthony Aseldanya, who dabbles in boxing media there in Southern California. Uh, Anthony does some writing. His wife, Cynthia, did photography. They're dear friends of mine. Cynthia passed away late last year due to COVID. Uh, So it, it was kind of a bittersweet thing. Uh, Jeff, you know, let me know him and Anthony were going to the fights, Anthony Saldana. And I think it was the first time Jeff had gone to a fight after my brother's death and Cynthia's death, my brother, Anthony, Anthony's death and, uh, Anthony Saldana's wife's death, Cynthia. So, um, it was very, very bittersweet for them to go to the fights, but you know, they were excited, but at the same time, it was a little different, you know? so, so, uh, seeing the two of those guys, they sent me a, a selfie with them, you know, chilling in the crowd. Uh, it, it was, it, it kind of hurt, but I was happy at the same time to see, you know, people back out the fights. And I know a bunch of you guys who were there at uh, Stugney Or Stugdeny. That's what I'm going to start calling it. I was going to call it Dignity StubHub Depot, but maybe Stugdeny is a good just mixture of all those words. So we'll just call it that for now on. Um, And and a lot of you guys, you know, you didn't have to wear a mask. You're out there chilling, drinking beers, having fun the way it should be. Socially distanced, responsible, of course. You know, but um, it it was just good to hear some fans. Anyway, Danny Danny Roman, uh, very, very good 122 fighter. Probably the third best of that division. He got a W, a good W on the undercard. I still think he's a live dog against anybody in that division on any given night. And lightweight prospect Xavier Martinez both got uh, good wins on the undercard. But in the main event, Brandon Figueroa pulls the slight upset win, KO7 win over Lewis Neri, uh, gets it off a body shot, a hard body shot, like an uppercut, almost to um, I, I, like the top part of the ribcage, just under the pecs. And that's a painful shot. If you're opened up and you're not prepared for it, and especially if you move down into it, like if you miss a shot and you come down into that uppercut, that's a painful shot. You can see that Neri was in pain. It wouldn't surprise me if he has a fractured rib or at least a very, very badly bruised rib or ribs, plural, uh, from that punch. But uh, you know what? I liked Neri going into this fight on paper. I just thought Neri was going to win, but there's been rumors about this guy. We know he's had issues making weight in the past. We know he's had issues with performance-enhancing drugs. Um, so I, to my – I don't know if these guys were testing or not. To my knowledge, I, didn't, I don't know if they were. But either way, uh, Neri couldn't make weight, right? So, so Friday, you look at the weigh-in. He, I think he, had to, he finally weighed in like three hours later, makes weight. Uh, had I seen that, I would have changed my pick. And I know there's a few of you guys out there who watch the show and you base your picks and the way that you bet based on what I tell you here on the show. And most of the time, i win you guys money. That's why you owe me beers when we meet up. But uh, this particular week, you know, I, I told you guys that Nary was going to win this fight. But after seeing that weigh-in, holy shit, uh, and the odds really, really shifted. And it started shifting a little bit before the weigh-in. I think that's because some of that, his troubles making weight got leaked out there to people. The odds makers they always know guys on the street, all right? It's wise guys in that business. You know what it is. And um, they they get info off the street and they're kind of new. But, um, you know, I need to start doing um, a Friday show on my channel where maybe we just do a quick wrap-up after weigh-ins and do one last, I guess, uh, pick segment or something like that. So if you guys would be interested in something like that, I won't be able to do it every Friday. It will depend on my workload. But that's why, you know, sometimes I used to break up the show in two parts. And that was one of the reasons why. Because sometimes you get like breaking news toward the end of the week or somebody looks different at a weigh in or even sometimes at like a public workout. You could see a dude and you're like, that guy, how the hell is he going to make weight? You know what I'm saying? So anyway, maybe that's something I can look at. But for Brandon Figueroa, he is going to fight Stephen Fulton September 11th to unify titles. I love this. The winner of that fight, is the consensus number two in that division. Number one is Akhmedailov, and I think Roman's right there at number three. And any combination of those fighters. So so right now, I think, uh, don't quote me on this, but I think the way we have him ranked at ring is, of course, Akhmedailov, number one. And then I think right under that, you're going to have uh, Fulton, Roman, and then Figueroa. Right. So any of those guys get the ring, any combination of it is great. This is a great division. Don't forget about Ray Salim. He's right there. Uh, This division is great because these guys are fighting each other What a noble concept. If only the welterweights would look at what they're doing at one twenty two and one forty and and a couple other divisions. But that's why this division delivers, man. But I love that we have a build. This is kind of what I was talking about earlier related to the heavyweight division uh, with the Wilder Fury uh, Joshua catastrophe right now, that whole mess. But with Brandon Figueroa, Luis Neri, they were fighting. Stephen Fulton was there. And after the fight, he got in the ring with, with Figueroa. And, you know, these two guys are going to fight. You know, the date, the only thing you don't know right now is the venue. It'd be awesome if we knew what city and venue, but you know, these are the guys, you see their face, you hear them talk. They meet each other in the ring you know that they're going to fight. They've both been fighting on Showtime, right? You've seen them fight on Showtime before. So th- there's, a, there's a history there. There's a build. This is what boxing used to do more of. It's something they do great over at UFC. It's something they do great over in WWE. I don't even, is WWE still the thing in wrestling? I, I don't know because they've changed names so many times. But over in wrestling, a, a big reason why that works is because the storylines. And it's something that boxing just screws up so much talk about the heavyweight division. Uh, yeah, the storylines get screwed up and timelines and builds. It's easy for casual sports fan to for to follow a build. If you look at the Super Bowl, I always use American football as an example because probably three shit, probably ninety percent of the people that watch the Super Bowl don't watch another damn football game all year. Half the country, to, probably more than half the country, watches the Super Bowl. And it's because the majority of the, the people watching are casual sports fans, right? But there's a build. There's a storyline. You have your regular season. You have your playoffs. And you all the storylines converge. And the best teams play against each other. And then you have the two top teams that wind up in the Super Bowl. It's simple. It's easy to follow. Somebody who doesn't know a damn thing about American football can see what's going on in the the uh, nfc championship the afc championship that determines who's going to be in the super bowl and then they know who's in the big game what the storylines are because the mainstream media jumps all in on that stuff and they know who they're going to pull for and all that good stuff boxing used to do the storyline thing so well you look at Behind me, the guys on these magazines, some of these faces on these magazines, uh, George Foreman's back there, Evander Holyfield's back there, right? There's some of these guys on there. Back when they were fighting, there was these storylines built up, and you, you knew what was coming down the road. You knew what was at stake when you watched a fight because you knew, okay, the winner of this fight's probably going to fight the winner of this fight coming up next week. You could follow it. And so I like that. With with this card, great job by TGB Promotions, uh, Figueroa and Fulton. That's going to be a fun fight. I favor Fulton in that fight, style wise. But uh, that's going to be fun. That's going to be a lot of fun, depending on where it's held. The crowd atmosphere should be awesome. So, I think it's going to be uh, a lot of fun, man. All right, let's. Um, uh, we got a call real quick. So let's jump over to this call, and then we'll do the big loaded preview. We got a big big fight to talk about. All right. Five seven zero. You're on the Hello, show, Mike.
4: Hey, what's up? Hey, Mike. Uh, yeah, I think the Friday show would be a great a great way to kind of break it up and do the fight review or uh, the um, fight prognostication on Fridays. I think people would love to call in and you know break down the fights because you know this this past weekend, you know the information came out that Neary was only getting two hundred fifty thousand compared to Figueroa was getting six hundred fifty thousand, and with t b c fighters, you know that you know the powers that be were behind figueroa in that fight and um you know if you're looking to make a bet it was a smart yeah. move to put it on figueroa there
0: yeah man it, and it, it any seemed
4: information counts
0: when you saw the odds shift like that you knew that money was
4: you know changing hands
0: yeah uh, last minute like that it's like my holy book, shit
3: my book stayed the
4: same i'm on fox bet and uh, that's the same as william hill basically which is a really highly respected outlet um so I I didn't see any changes, but maybe on, on some other outlets it did. But, yeah, I mean, that info could help people. Mm-hmm. And on a Friday show, after weigh-ins, you know, we everyone could kind of pitch in and, you know, break it down. Because, you know, at this point, everybody has an online account. Um, gambling's legal in every state, basically. So, uh, you know, why not? I think it's good for the, the sport. It gets more people involved. And you have a little stake in it. So, you know, that'll be great if you could do that Friday
0: yeah I think I'll start doing that I mean maybe we'll we'll get that started this Friday. It's just as long as I'm free to do it yeah then yeah absolutely yeah.
4: exactly gotta gotta budget that time, but yeah you know i I'm just I'm going crazy listening to this arbitration um which just happened with Wilder now Al Heyman, you never can underestimate this guy. he always finds a way you know to to grease palms I mean, I'm not making any accusations here but it I mean, this guy always seems to get his way, and you made it a great point about Tyson Fury. You know, he um, he changed his body, and yeah. now he's you know a spelt boxer again. And if he has to fight Wilder, does he go back to the 275 pound beast that just came forward and, and obliterated Wilder? Maybe. Um, if I'm Fury, I'm gonna I'm just gonna relinquish the WBC belt at this point and just fight. Joshua, if that's the the only way I can do it, um I think the people want the two best fighters uh, heavyweight to fight. I don't think it. I don't think the WBC belt matters. If anything, it would be more entertaining to see Wilder finally have to fight Dylan White for the vacant strap. Yeah. I think that would be great, and then have Tyson Fury come and whoop his ass again to clean up to clean up all the belts, and then have uh, AJ maybe fight Usyk after whoever wins or loses that fight. But I wouldn't be shocked if, if Fury counters and, and just drops the WBC belt in the trash can, AKA Riddick yeah, Bowe, it'd be legit to do that.
0: If it's tied up with the sanctioning organization, and that's one thing, if he could just dump the WBC and say, screw it, I'm going forward with, with the fight everyone wants, the more important fight. That's one thing. But if it's tied up legally and money's at stake where, Wilder could literally sue Fury for breach of contract for tens of millions of dollars then Fury's stuck he's got to do the third fight you know what i'm saying so that's what we well, don't that, know
3: well then that it would
4: yeah then that would equate but if 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 it's arbitration that's not it's not a legal issue that's just an arbitrator coming like if you see in baseball where they negotiate the contract before the con- he, he's due for a new, new contract. It's just like that arbitration period. It's a mediator, basically. This isn't legal. Hmm. So when the, when the reports come out, it's going gonna, it's gonna to determine whether this is more or less, you know, a, a WBC issue or if it's a contractual issue. So we're just going to have to wait and see. Now, Bob Arum, he came out and said, and he was an ex-lawyer, he said the contract expired, which it did because of COVID. Both parties, Fury and Wilder, were, suffered damages because of COVID. But how can you justify blaming one party for a pandemic? It just doesn't make sense. So I, I personally think it's going to come down to Fury just dropping the belt and saying, you know, the hell with this. We're going to fight the biggest fight we've had in, in over a decade and, uh, and go forward from there. But. Yeah, just leave it to Al Heyman and Wilder to throw a monkey wrench into something good for in boxing. As soon it as doesn't it doesn't shock me one bit. Yeah, and
0: you know, Thad, the thing is, people are going to try to inject their own context in, into that statement you just made, into some of the things I've said. It, it's not. It's not that we have anything against Wilder or, or Wilder's team here. It's that the 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 fight that progresses boxing forward the fight that unifies yeah. the heavyweight division and is the fight that everybody wants to see is fury versus joshua that's number 1 versus number 2 it creates a legitimate heavyweight champion it's something we could never truly have yeah. in the klitschko era because vladimir and vitali wouldn't fight each other um so it's something that yeah. we you know we've wanted for so long and we're we're so close to having it And boom, it's blown up. And it's really, as I think uh, Andrew said earlier in a call, it's not as if the rematch between Fury and Wilder was competitive. It's not as if there was some controversy on the scorecards or something. You know, this isn't like a Canelo Golovkin situation. I have to make one Canelo Golovkin reference on every show. So, so there it was on every episode. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know what I'm saying? It was such a dominant win for Fury. And it just it, 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 yeah. and then uh, Joshua had such a dominant win over Ruiz in their rematch. It, it just, the natural progression was for those two guys
4: to fight. Yeah. And now that's blown up. Yeah. And it, it kind of, the only other time I remember a beatdown that had a rematch because of the clause with Shane Mosley versus Winky Wright, he enacted his rematch clause against Winky and Winky spanked him again. It was unnecessary. The boxing fans had to be subjected to that on HBO uh, another time. It was just a waste of time. And, and it would be the same with Wilder Fury. So let me ask you this. I just don't want to see. I was just
0: going to ask yeah. if, 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 you know, if all it all, everything points to a third fight between Fury and Wilder happening this year, does that right. do 500,000 pay-per-view buys?
4: Uh, I don't believe it would. Mm. There wouldn't be the lead up to it. There wouldn't be the uh, the hype around it because the, the fight that they had that was a draw. Wilder, you know, floored him at the end, and it kind of raised a lot of people's um, you know curiosity to see what would happen in a rematch. I don't think anybody would really pay to see that fight. I think they'd go to watch it in a casino or stream it yeah. illegally. So yeah. I don't think it would do five hundred thousand buys. I know I wouldn't pay for it. Um, the only thing that would be the, the issue is if Tyson Fury with his new physique, how that's going to affect them. I think that's the only smoking gun as far as what happens in that fight. And, um, I, I would think if Fury chose to go along with his AJ physique, he would, bot, he would outbox Wilder again. But the way to beat Wilder is put pressure on him and to attack. He can't fight off the back foot, yeah. and he just can't take punishment. He doesn't move his head. He's a sitting duck. If, if a fighter was determined to just go in there and take Hellfire coming in, they would knock Wilder out, okay? The guys he fought, they, they were stiff. They, they didn't have the confidence. Most of those guys were taking fights on two weeks or one week notice, getting in the ring with Wilder and just, just getting blown out. But my theory on Wilder is he's done. He's a shot fighter. It doesn't matter who he fights in the top 10, he's going to get knocked out. So it's an easy money fight. It's just a matter of what kind of body type Fury comes in with. I just, I just hope Fury and his team don't pay Wilder off to take a, a step aside. I think that's a bad precedent in boxing. I think it's, uh, a lot of fighters are just doing uh, these moves to get the payoff. I think. Yeah. I think that's the the real thing here is the wilder people don't want the fight. I think they want the payoff. So I it hope Fury sticks to his guns. Yeah. I just think he, I just want to see him stick to his guns, and and just say, all right, well, here, take the WBC belt. Then, if if all you want is a payoff, I'm not going to pay the money. Just take this garbage belt, and I'm going to fight AJ for undisputed because everyone knows. I, I own that belt and I'm throwing it in the garbage can because this is for the two best fighters at heavyweight right now. That's that's undisputable. He and he and AJ are the two best. So
0: Well, you are on the record, you know, brother.
4: We'll see what happens.
0: I gotta get back to it though, man. Love
4: being on the record. <laughs> we'll do. Have a good night.
0: All right, man. Thanks for calling in. Okay. All right, guys. Um I need to get to a few items here in the chat. Uh, feeling dangerous uh, with the super chat pledge. Thank you so much. She says, I hope you do a Friday show this week. I plan on putting some money on the big fight this weekend. Could use the insight. Well, I'll give you some some big ex- insight here in just a minute, okay? And as usual, uh, I'm going to hit on a few things that I think a lot of people are overlooking. So we'll get into that in just a second. But uh, some of you guys had some good comments in here. Thank you for the super chat. Uh Zach D in the chat says Saudi Prince, Eddie Hearn, and Aram, they will get their way. It just it just depends, man. It depends on the uh the what's in that contract. It, it, we just don't know. Everybody's speculating, but we we honestly don't know. Uh they could have Fury by the balls in that contract, and it could cost him tens of millions of dollars to not go through with the fight. So uh, lobster 11 in the chat says arbitration is actually a legal format. It's just not done via lawyers and courts, judges. Arbitration is done to avoid legal action. Uh, if arbitration breaks down, the legal process is an option. That is absolutely correct. That's how I understand it. Arbitration, as as Thad just mentioned in the call, is like a, a mediation. It's it's a it's a third party saying, All right, guys, let's sit down, let's let's whack this shit up and let's figure out a way to, to make a deal here. And so the arbitrator that was hired, which was hired by Heyman's side, obviously sided with Heyman. Gee, there's a surprise. But, uh, you know, the guy that paid for the arbitrator, you know, he sided with him. So it's not surprising. But now you can take that and you could go to court and say, listen, we have this contract. We had an arbitrator say uh, side with us. We want this third fight. So, So. It looks to me, man, that that the Fury-Joshua fight is off, guys. I mean, I think that it's pretty clear that fight is off until next year. And according to the decision by the arbitrator, uh, what's being reported, and again, sources I trust have now DM me. I just checked some DMs from guys I actually trust, Uh, not some of the talking heads on Twitter and stuff, but guys I know that I have full confidence in. And they told me, yeah, man, they got a fight by September 15th. So it is what it is. And um, we're definitely going to see this uh, third fight. I don't know why they're calling it a rematch. I get it. Technically, it was a rematch of the second fight. That you know, There was a rematch clause, but it's a third fight. So it's, it's not a freaking rematch. They already had a rematch, and Fury won it. Uh, let's see here. Supremo watching from Vegas. We appreciate you watching, brother. Uh Twall in the chat says, can't they just make a deal that Fury versus Joshua winner must face Wilder next? I think they could. You could always make an amendment to a contract and you could uh you know add a stipulation and say, listen, we will pay you $10 million to sit on your butt and we'll you you fight the winner next. Okay. So you're guaranteed uh crack at the winner next. And if I'm Deontay Wilder, that's the smart play because you could fight. Charles Martin or somebody like that, knock off some rust, collect $10 million for, for doing nothing. And then you get a crack at the completely unified heavyweight championship early next year. That's the smart play. Is that what they're going to do here? I don't know. I don't know. It's hard for me to, to know what the hell is going on anymore. Uh, Emma Willis says wilder stopping undisputed again. Yes. You know, if you think about it, when fury was out right when he was having all of his issues in ring magazine we stripped him of his lineal championship he didn't fight for almost three years he ballooned up in weight he was suspended by multiple boxing organizations uh, jurisdictions pretty much the top two guys were Joshua and Wilder right Wilder had the WBC title but Joshua was collecting all the other titles and the fight to make in the division at that time was Wilder and Joshua and it was Wilder's side and Wilder admitted this in interviews uh, over the past twelve months. Um, I'm not just pulling this out of my ass, but Wilder's side was offered a career high money over a hundred billion dollars by the Zone uh, to to do three fights, and two of them were fights with Anthony Joshua. There was one fight uh, with Dominic Brazil, and then he was who I think was a mandatory, and then he was going to fight two fights with Joshua. There's a guaranteed rematch in that deal. And he was advised to turn it down. So this isn't the first time him and his team have kind of prevented that number one versus number two matchup. Uh, So it's unfortunate, but um, it is what it is. All right, uh, let's get into the preview of the big, big fight this weekend. That's being overshadowed by all this heavyweight news. But um, I just wanted to reiterate what's going on in the heavyweight division because I see a bunch of you guys just jumped on and are watching right now. So thank you for watching. Uh, I know you guys are watching from all over the world. So real quick, Fury Joshua is off. We're going to get the third fight between Fury and Wilder uh, before September 15th this year. Obviously, that's probably going to happen in the United States. I'm guessing Las Vegas, but who knows? All right, this week, let's get into the preview. Friday, May 21st, there is a Telemundo card from Tampa, Florida. And Saturday, May 22nd, Uh, We got a couple different shows. Sam Eggington is fighting Carlos Molina in the UK. No TV outside of UK Channel 5 showing that fight, Um, which is, you know, I find surprising. Usually something like that would be picked up by ESPN Plus or one of the platforms. And there's a small club show in Greenville, South Carolina that I will be covering for Ring TV. A friend of mine, Levante Early, 13 0, 140 pound prospect out of Charlotte, North Carolina. Awesome, awesome guy. Uh, awesome family and his whole team are great people. I, I've met them uh, a couple years ago when I moved out to this part of the the country, and uh, I've trained at their gym a bunch of times and gotten to know them. Uh, so I'm going to be hanging out with uh, Levante Early and his crew this Saturday in Greenville, South Carolina, as he uh, goes up against uh, Edward Diaz from the Dominican Republic. Early is scheduled to fight five times in 2021. He just fought in March. And I was funding in May, uh, this weekend. And I think July, September, and, uh, once again in the fourth quarter. So he is a prospect that is staying busy. He is on a fast track. So, uh, and look for my report about that because I'd love to get some eyes on Levante early nicknamed Vaughn, uh, good dude. And I think you guys would enjoy watching him fight. All right, but the big show, the big show this weekend, top rank on ESPN and ESPN Plus, Virgin Hotels at Las Vegas. And, uh, of course, this is uh, the complete unification of the junior welterweight division. All of the titles on the line. Josh Taylor, 17-0 with 13 knockouts, going up against Jose Ramirez, 26-0, Uh, Again, this is complete unification and the most important championship, the Ring Magazine Championship on the line. So let's break down some of this. And I want to talk a little bit about, um, first, let's get some numbers, but then let's talk about the promotion of this thing because, holy shit, it, it doesn't feel like we should all be talking about this fight and be hyped up. And it just feels like there's no buzz, and I can't understand it because this is the kind of matchup that we've wanted at 147. We wanted at heavyweight. It keeps getting delayed. This is the kind of matchup that we want in every division. And um, these guys are doing it in their prime, undefeated. So they both deserve respect. And look, this is the fight to watch this weekend. I don't give a damn what other sporting event's going on. This is the sporting event to watch. Okay, guys, let's put our money where our mouth is, and let's make sure that we – Congratulate these guys and, and and award them by watching this thing live. Okay. Make sure you're at home this Saturday night and you're checking out this fight because we need to reward fighters that are doing this sort of thing. Josh Taylor is five foot ten, so is Ramirez. Taylor has a 69-inch reach. Ramirez a 72-inch reach. So Ramirez is a little bit longer, longer arms, a little more gangly. And Taylor's probably a little more solid, a little more compact, uh, maybe a little stronger naturally, uh, but um, pretty much the same size. Um, Taylor is 30 years old. Ramirez is 28. What's interesting is even though Ramirez is younger, he went pro in 2012. Taylor went pro in 2015. So it's actually Ramirez who has, you know, more professional fights. But uh, Taylor had more amateur fights, 150 amateur fights right around there. And Ramirez had about 90 amateur fights. However, they both wound up in the 2012 Olympics. The difference is that Taylor ended up fighting briefly in the World Series of Boxing. So uh, Ramirez went right to the pros. You know, top rank signed him, I think, right out of the Olympics. He's a name brand up there in Northern California, where he's from. And they immediately started building his brand up there in Fresno. And he's been doing crowds up there since he went pro. So top Rank knows how to build a prospect like nobody else in the business. And they've really done a fantastic job with Ramirez building him up. He's had a couple of close calls, right? But he's also had some good wins. They built him up very, very well. Taylor had a different uh, path. And and he had a few more amateur fights, went to the same Olympics Ramirez did, but goes into the World Series of Boxing. Good experience there. World Series of Boxing, you're probably going to face better opposition over there than a prospect would in their first 10, 15 fights in the normal American process or not just in America with American fighters, but you know what I'm saying? If you're their first 10, 15 fights, most guys you're building up and checking out different styles or whatever, but in the world series of boxing, you gotta be a damn good fighter to make those squads. Right? So, so Taylor probably fought better opposition in the World Series of Boxing than Ramirez did in his first 10 or dozen or so pro fights. However, in recent years, both of these guys have fought some damn good opponents. I should mention that Taylor is a southpaw, of course, and Ramirez is an orthodox fighter. That will come into play here. But uh, both of these guys have taken some O's from fighters' records. Taylor has taken several O's. O'Hara Davies, Ryan Martin, and I get it. Those guys aren't world beaters, but they were undefeated. When when he fought them and he took those O's. But also, how about Ivan Baranchek? How about Regis Progray? Those are two very good wins, specifically the Progray win. I thought that Taylor really bit down and showed something. And let's not forget, he went through that tournament. So he kind of went through the gauntlet. And that Progre win was very, very good. Also had a win over Victor Postal. That's a good quality win. Looking at Ramirez, who trains with Robert Garcia, one of the best trainers in the business, one of the best jim's gym scenes where he trains uh but just the camp and everyone he has around them, one of the best in the business uh this guy took o's from antonio Orozco, good win maurice hooker real good win uh, how how great was that fight, man? That was a great performance. He also beat Amir Imam, that's a good win. he beat Jose Zapata. How good is that win aged for Ramirez and then he beat Victor Postel in his last fight. Didn't look great. It was close. But I think people need to forgive Ramirez for that performance because he, um, it it had been delayed several times because of COVID. And how many times have we seen in recent fights, uh, Jamel Herring didn't look great during his COVID fight. I think Oscar Valdez didn't look great during his COVID fight, but they looked way better in the fight following their COVID fight, right? And they put on career best performances. Could we see the same thing from Ramirez this weekend? Also, Mexican uh, fighters of Mexican descent, whether they be American or Mexican, Mexican have been doing really well against UK fighters lately, whether it's over there in the UK or over in the United States or just fighters from that part of the world. You know, I, I know Taylor's a Scotsman, but I'm just saying um, it, it's I, that I have to bring that up because there, there has been a recent track record. Um, let's see. Also, here's another thing that no one's talking about. In 2020, Josh Taylor fought one round, one round against uh, a Pinin Kong Song, right, who was a mandatory opponent, obliterated that guy. He had no business being in the ring with him. It wasn't even a full three minutes. So in all of 2020, in the last year and a half, Taylor has fought not even three minutes for Ramirez. He had a couple of bubble camps, right, that whole setup there in Vegas with Top Rank, and then ends up finally fighting uh, Postal. That goes to 12-round distance. He didn't look great, but he got through it, and he got 36 minutes of work in with one of the most uh, proven, tested veterans in the 140-pound weight class. I think those 12 rounds are going to serve him extremely well this weekend. And for Taylor to only get about two minutes of work in the last year and a half, he's going to have some rust, man. He's absolutely going to have some rust. I think Ramirez is going to look really, really sharp early on in this fight because of all the things I just talked about. Um, I'm not going to get my pick yet. I'm going to wait a couple more minutes because I want to talk really quickly. Uh, Well, first of all, the undercard. Jose Cepeda, who I just talked about coming off his fight of the year last October over Branchek, is going over and fighting Henry Hank Lundy, who's 37 years old out of Philly, fought everybody. This is, a course of course, a 140-pound fight. Another 140 fight on this card. Elvis Rodriguez, uh, very fast-moving prospect. Fought five times in 2019. Five fights last year in those bubble series fights with top rank. This is already his second fight of 2021. He's going up against Kenneth Sims. Uh, so the Zapata Lundy Fight is 10 rounds. Rodriguez Sims is eight rounds. Those are both at 140. Smart by top rank because, hey, main events at 140. So maybe you got some future uh, matchups that you could make out of this whole thing. But let's talk about promotion real quick because the promotion has been weak, real weak. How much of this is ESPN? How much of it is top rank? Okay. Two separate entities. Now I understand that top rank boxing is on ESPN. But ESPN is a sports platform. And ESPN is kind of broken into two wings. You have the sports broadcasting platform that shows you basketball games, football games, boxing, UFC, whatever it is, right? And there's the ESPN Network. There's ESPN Deportes, ESPN2. There's like 8,000 ESPNs. There's the ESPN Plus app, okay? Uh, they show you docu- documentaries, you know, all that stuff, right? That's the... Broadcasting network platform, and then there's the sports news platform, right? That's ESPN. As far as sports news goes, I haven't paid attention to ESPN in years, especially when it comes to boxing. I don't go to ESPN for breaking news most of the time, although I, I did. A uh, quote a Mark Kriegel tweet at the opening of this show. So I'm being somewhat hypocritical here, but I follow Mark. I, I respect Mark a lot. And my boy Steve Kim, my 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 good friend, uh, wrote for ESPN for a while there, and I would uh, re- I'll read all his stuff, of course. But right now, ESPN to me isn't really in the boxing news business. I don't follow them for that. So what I see ESPN doing on their news shows, right the, what's the one with uh, Stephen A Smith and Max Kellerman? I can't think of what the hell the name of it is. Uh, first first take I think it's called first take. they are they will talk about Jake Paul knocking off Floyd Mayweather's cap. That is their boxing news that's that's the kind of stuff they're going to talk about because they're trying to appeal to the casual sports fan. And they're trying to appeal. They do the woke thing politically and all that kind of stuff. So there's an agenda with everything that they do. They're not talking about diehard boxing matchups on regular ESPN, right? Outside of top rank boxing programming on ESPN, ESPN don't give a damn about boxing. So it doesn't surprise me at all that a matchup like this between Taylor and Ramirez, which is a diehard fight fans type of matchup, isn't being promoted on ESPN. I haven't seen Ramirez on SportsCenter. I, I don't watch SportsCenter. So if, if some of you guys have seen some of this stuff and I'm wrong, correct me. Okay. But it wouldn't surprise me if Ramirez isn't being featured on SportsCenter in First Take and all those kinds of shows. On the surface, you think about it, he should be. He's a former Olympian. He's literally the American dream right? Uh, Family, immigrant family, and look at all he's accomplished. He does all sorts of community work. Uh, He's one of the real good guys in boxing with a wonderful story, undefeated American fighter, former Olympian. He should be all over those ESPN shows, but they're going to be more interested in talking about the Jake Paul freak show kind of stuff. Or if there's like a transgender boxer or something like that, they're going to talk about that kind of stuff. That's the kind of stuff ESPN is going to talk about. So it doesn't surprise me that you're not seeing this fight promoted by ESPN. All right, so so that's one piece of the promotion. Then there's Top Rank. I think they've completely mishandled this entire promotion, and I understand that there's a massive site fee involved here. So they're getting their guys paid, and that's ultimately that's their number one job as a promoter: get your fighters paid. And these site deals usually don't just include one fight, you know, especially when you're dealing with Vegas, you're dealing with the MGM executives. MGM owns like 90% of that damn town. Um, So the site fee that they're getting probably involves options on future fights, right? And top rank is going to, they're in Vegas. That's where they're headquartered. They're going to continue to do all sorts of events there throughout the rest of this year, going forward years from now. So It makes sense. I understand why. There's all sorts of stuff written into this contract, I'm sure, with the casino buy-in and everything. But you're putting this fight in front of 1,200 fans, 1,300 fans, and it's socially distanced. I think it's a 50% capacity thing. And I'd say a 1,000 of these tickets were part of the casino buy-in deal. So they're going to Wales, degenerate gamblers from all over the place that like to fly in and blow 20 grand in a week and get their ass kissed by the casino because they're spending so much money. These ticket packages are part of that whole thing. So that's where the majority of these tickets are going. I asked you guys on Twitter, how many of you actually were able to go and buy a ticket during that internet sale, right? And I only know like two or three of you who are able to get one, right? You you compare that to the Canelo Saunders fight, which just happened in front of 70,000 people. It broke through. It was a massive promotion. It was in Texas hundred percent open where they could do a crowd like that. That's where this fight should be. But I think for political reasons, number one, but also for financial reasons and future planning financially, that's why this fight went to Vegas and it's at this small venue. It puts a little bit of a shit stain on it for me, but you can't, you can't shit on this matchup. It's such a damn good fight. So that is my feelings. Why this promotion was so bad. Um, You know, again, ESPN, they're not going to talk about real boxing. They're not in that business. And the real boxing guys that they've had attached to their platform, they've frustrated them so much that they left. Right. So they don't have that right now. So I'm not surprised, but for top rank, man, you're getting your guys paid, but damn, this should be in front. I'm not saying this fight would have did 70,000 fans in Texas. I'm not saying that, but it probably could have did 20,000. You you probably could have did that. I understand you can't put it in California. Who the hell would want to put a fight in California right now, a fight like this? I get it. You put this in Texas, that's neutral territory. Ramirez has fought there before, but uh, pretty much it's neutral territory. And, yeah, you probably don't get the same amount of money, but you probably get in front of 20,000 fans, and it would just make the atmosphere better. I just hope that the atmosphere doesn't feel stale for this fight because the majority of the people that will be in attendance are not diehard hard fight freaks, you know, that's what worries me. Okay. Back to the matchup itself. Everything I told you guys a few minutes ago, okay? It, it gives me this gut feeling, this this feeling, this visceral gut reaction and feeling in me to to say that Ramirez is going to grind out a W. He's going to gut out a W. He's going to find a way to beat Taylor. He's going to look better than we've ever seen him look in a fight. He's going to get off to a fast start. He's going to get some great work done on the inside, and he is going to grind out a win over Taylor, maybe swell and bust Taylor up, cause some cuts later in the fight that affect Taylor. But, however, (laughs) I say all that, and I follow it with this. I thought Regis Progre was going to beat Josh Taylor. And I remember watching that fight in the World Boxing Super Series finale a couple years ago, or a year and a half ago. And I was so impressed by Taylor grinding out that fight against the guy in in, in Progre, who was fighting on the road, was a shorter guy, punching up at Taylor, all those things. I get it. But I told myself when Taylor won that fight, I'm not going to pick against this dude again. I just, he impressed me. And despite this gut feel, the gut feel that I have and every indication in my brain telling me Ramirez is going to win, I'm going to stick to my guns and I'm going to take Taylor by split decision in a very, very close fight. Um, Wouldn't surprise me. Either guy could win. Either guy could stop either guy, but I'm going to, I'm going to, just I'm just I keep reminding myself of the guy that grinded out those wins against Baranchek, who's a really strong dude, and then Progray, who's a very strong willed dude and was willing to do anything to win that fight. And Taylor found a way to win those fights. So I'm gonna take Taylor by split decision in a very, very good matchup. Guys, again, I will say this as a public service announcement. Make sure, if you're going to watch any sporting event this weekend, you watch this one. Reward these young, undefeated fighters for getting in the ring, putting it all on the line to completely unify a division. These two guys could go different ways. Ramirez could just fight in Fresno where he could do big crowds up there, right, and he could fight whoever the hell he wants and do big crowds and make good money. Taylor could fight in his part of the world and do big crowds and make money. These guys didn't have to fight each other, but they are. We need to reward them by watching this fight, tweeting about it, Facebooking about it, all that shit. You should be telling everybody, you know, Hey man, if you're going to watch a damn boxing match this year, if you, if you have that friend or family member that watches like one fight a year, you need to be hitting them up this week and saying, look, this is the one to watch. All right. Let's reward these guys for doing the right thing. All right. Looks like we got one more call here. I'm going to take this last call and then we're going to uh we're going to uh, just uh I was gonna say tap out, but we don't we don't tap out in boxing. So I'm going to take a knee. <laughs> all right, eight four seven, you're on the show. Eight four seven.
2: Hey Mike. This is uh Rich from Illinois. How are you doing today? Rich
0: in Illinois. What's up, my man? How you doing?
2: hey i'll do a good thing it's not tap out it's knockout
0: there you go there you go i'm going to knock so, out
2: <laughs> yeah and, and and you should you should know better that i know fury and wilder needs to happen because of the suit wilder's
0: oh, suit <laughs> the
3: heavy suit
0: dude yeah you know what <laughs> Dude, if it really happens it, it looks like it will happen if i'm fury just i'm i'm playing mind games like a motherfucker i'm wearing a suit to the ring I'm loading up my gloves and doing videos on you know social media with loaded gloves and stuff <laughs> or punching the you know with egg weights I'm just trolling the hell out of Wilder to get in his head.
2: Uh exactly no yeah. <laughs> no joke to say Um going just want to comment real quick on the um the Taylor Ramirez fight I am on board with you. Uh, I think it's a fantastic matchup kind of been waiting for it um i see it as a 50 50 fight um and i i heard your prediction i'm gonna go with the gut feeling that you had i'm i'm, I'm leaning towards ramirez in this fight uh but it, it really can go either way i'm leaning towards ramirez by uh split decision i'm, I'm doing the reverse <laughs> so, yeah
0: hey, i don't blame you man i, I mean think- I, i'm telling you it, it like every instinct in me says ramirez but um yeah. Just trying to be, st- I'm stubbornly sticking to my guns because I told myself I'm never <laughs> picking against Joshua, or I'm sorry, against Taylor again after seeing a beat pro gray.
2: Yeah, no, I, I and I got, he showed a lot of heart in that fight. Um, and with, um, Ramirez, like I said, I'm not, I know my, a lot of people might go off the postal fight where I think most people are saying that Taylor looked better with postal than, than Ramirez did, but, um, you know, styles make fights, in, in, in my opinion. And um, I, I think with Ramirez, uh, I, I think I think Taylor's actually going to start off uh, pretty quick. And I think down the line, I think Ramirez is going to pick up the momentum. And I think he's going to break him down and apply a lot of pressure. And I think I think he's going to pick up the uh, mid to late rounds. That's kind of how I'm seeing that fight. But like I said, I think everybody's going to be split on it 50-50.
0: Yeah, I, I actually see yeah. – I think Ramirez – I don't know, man. I I keep going back and <laughs> forth. I just think that Ramirez um, should start sharper because of those 12 rounds he had last year against Postal, uh, the, the tough camps. And then uh, with Taylor, you know, he only had one round, man, against a, a very limited fighter. Oh, no, yeah. I think he's going to have rust. You know what I mean? Uh, that's what yeah. you should no, see. The,
2: but- no. No, that's true. That's true. And like I said, I think I think this is uh, it's a toss-up fight. Um, lean towards Ramirez. And um, like I said, I'm definitely going to be tuning on ESPN. I'm uh, to be watching that fight. Um, and actually, I think uh, uh, this past weekend's fights were really good too. Um, I think T B C put up uh, a good triple header over yeah. the, the past weekend. I think all the fights were all the fights that they show were delivered. Um, and for I guess to me, with Brandon Figueroa really, he impresses me every time I see him. He uh, just beats his opponents on relentless pressure and volume and conditioning. And with Lewis nearly I, I really thought that, I think his, to me, his best weight is batting the weight. is just that he had all these weight issues. But I think his, yeah. he was doing well in the fight. But I think he just, um the shots were not, a, you know, he landed some good shots on Figueroa coming in. He was, you know, doing some good counter punches, but Figueroa just took him and just kind of just walked him down. He broke him down, basically. And then uh, I think the body shots at the end just uh, took it out of Neri, you know, at, at, at the end. Um, now, as far as um, I think Neri belongs at 118, but uh, we'll see what happens after that. For, for Figueroa, I think um, him and the Fulton fight is going to be really good. And, um, I think, uh, I think the same thing could happen. I, I, I yeah, I think, I see Fulton as the, the better boxer, but yeah, if he figured out how to keep that pressure, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe he used the jab a little better. I felt like he kind of didn't do too much of the jab in the Neary fight, but, but he goes puts the pressure and keeps it up. And I think the I think the late rounds get interesting and let's see if, if Fulton can handle that pressure in in a long fight.
0: Yeah, so, the late rounds are going to get really interesting.
2: <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's a good matchup. And just kind of going also back to the to that co-feature with um, Danny Roman. I think, he, like I said, he's, he's still a player at 122. Um, and I think he will give a, a good fight to any of these guys we mentioned. Um, but I think, you know, he also deserves a title shot, Max, so, as well. So maybe yeah. after the um, out, uh fulton uh, fight for uh, with the a fighter, they, I mean, they could, they can go at it again. I think that they should be a rematch because that fight with, uh, Akmadea was a very close fight. Very I, close. I think I personally edged Roman in that fight. Yeah. I personally edged Roman, but it could have gone either way. But that, they definitely should do a rematch for sure.
0: Dude, like I said, the top five of that division, any combination of them in the ring is just a good fight. And Danny Roman, he might be the best fighter in that division on any given night.
2: I think so too. I think he's a. I think he's a great counter puncher.
0: You know, mm-hmm. I,
2: I just. uh, I think. Man, imagine if he had a little bit more power. He had a little bit more power. I mean, yeah. <laughs> he'd be knocking a lot, of, lot, knocking a lot of guys out. He was nailing um, Espinosa some really good hard uppercuts in that fight, but Espinoza's like really, really tough guy with a good chin. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I definitely, definitely. This past weekend was a good weekend of boxing, and then this one will be too, and. Going to your point again with that uh, promotion, yeah, was I would say uh, badly handled. <laughs> it's terrible. So, I I yeah, I could have done a better job. And uh, you know, like I said, uh, definitely spread the word as far as um, you know, tune in for the fights. I, I think personally, because I've also watched MMA too. I'm, I'm more you know boxing at heart, but I think they 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 promote the UFC way better than boxing. I know oh yeah, from what I've seen. From what I've seen, I mean everybody good promotion for ufc you know and i'm 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 big into ufc too but that's what i've seen you know i would like to see that same type of promotion for boxing as well as they, they do uh with ufc
0: yeah it's like the culture is different because with ufc the, yeah. the 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 brand is ufc it's similar to like the nfl when you think american yeah. football you think the nfl when you think of basketball you think of the nba with boxing no one cares if it's top rank pbc i mean some people on the internet do but outside of trolls you know nobody cares (laughs) if it's the wba wbo no one gives a shit the fighter is the brand you know and that's what's so different about boxing and it's i don't think that's ever going to change that's just the nature of the sport so um but i agree with you i mean this is an example of two two fighters who aren't household names and they do need promotion and again like Jose Ramirez, he should be all over ESPN. He, he's such a great story. He's the American dream. How are they not promoting the hell out of this kid? Agreed. You know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah, I agree. I agree big time. <laughs> I think they missed
0: it. They missed on that one. Rich, I got a few well, more no, it's, calls, it's, man, uh, that just Kate called in. So, oh,
2: Go for it, man. Go for it. I, I appreciate you
0: calling in again, bro. Have a good one.
2: Yeah, no problem, man. Yeah,
0: you too. Uh, Take it easy. You too. Real quick on the chat, uh, Soapbox Podcast asking for the Elvis versus Sims prediction. Elvis Rodriguez going up against Kenneth Sims Jr. Uh, Obviously, I like Rodriguez in that fight. Uh, I mean, um, Rodriguez is a good-looking prospect, bro. Uh, I like him in that fight. Uh, Juan Salazar asking, is this fight on ESPN Plus or just ESPN Cable? Both. So you can watch it on the network live. Taylor Ramirez, or you can watch it on the ESPN Plus app. So uh, they are smartly putting it on both. All right, a couple more quick calls. Let's jump over. we have got some – looks like some UK calls. Uh, 777, you're on the chat.
5: How you doing? It's Nige. You right there, Mike?
0: Yeah, I'm here. Nige, what's up, man?
5: I'm all good, thank you. I'm all good, man. I'm just um, in the other bedroom while I wanted to sleep. I was watching on YouTube, and I thought I'm compelled to call in, with but- all the, you know, all the um, news and notes that are going on, you know. So, um, yeah, I just, um, I was just want to touch back on last week where he talked about with um with Navarrete's fight against Cruz, and I was doing a, um, a fighter comparison, and I'm thinking, I don't know if you'll agree with this. Navarrete reminds me, in a way, with his with being so unorthodox, a little bit of Carl Frotch. Nothing's very uncool, frost, mm. In the way that what he does doesn't look textbook at all, and he carries that left hand low, and he doesn't necessarily have the speed or the reflexes as you would with someone like that kind of style. You know what I mean? But he does it well. Do you know what I mean? It's very, you know what I mean? A bit, a bit near. Do you know what I mean? But he does what he does. He does very, very well. And with a freakishly, with the long arms as well. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, that that's a good Would comparison, man. Because Frotch had some long arms. He had some real long arms. Yeah. So yeah, I like that he comparison. Did.
5: He did. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Right. And now another thing I want to ask you as well. Um, with the, I've got to tell you from a UK's um UK fans, boxing fans' uh, point of view, it's absolutely disgraceful but no UK broadcaster has picked up the unification fight for Taylor Ramirez. It's really, really, really pissed me off. Really? Some of the shows that they, yeah. I mean, they've got Fight TV. Yeah, it's on Fight TV. But wow, yeah, I didn't know that's that. About, that's about, yeah. So, like, Sky Sports are not picking it up. BT Sports are not picking it up. Not even Channel 5, who recently showed um, Jamal Heron against Carl Froch. Yeah,
0: because Channel Eddington 5 has up, uh, so. a, a Sam Eggington fight Saturday that they're showing. Yeah,
5: Yes, yeah, exactly. And they've... um shown some Hennessy, um, big yeah. Hennessy cards in the past as well. Do yeah. you know what I mean? But um, the fact that none of them have picked it up is really, really, really disgraceful of my eyes. And it's like a slap in the face to British boxing in a way. But the Sky Sports are, very well, are Are going to... They've announced as well that they're going to show the low, um, the Logan Paul versus Mayweather. But they're not <laughs> going to show. Do you know what I mean? It's oh, like, I mean... Man. Sky Sports making the... I'm like, Sky Sports are saying, um, it's um, it's more about entertainment. It's not it's not boxing, you know To I me, mean? yeah, because they did show the Mayweather and McGregor on pay per view as well. Sky Sports so, is
0: is your ESPN. It, it, it's the same thing ESPN pretty, here. You know, where it's it's more about. It's almost like I don't know if you know what TMZ is. It's a tabloid here in America. Yeah, yeah,
5: yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. basically
0: TMZ with sports. It, pretty much all it is yeah. at this point
5: yeah and it's it's just, it's just really really disgraceful I mean, put it this way I mean a fight like this, Taylor Ramirez I'd happily pay for because you know you're going to get expect fireworks it's like yeah. it's one you know what i mean it's the best against the best that's what boxing should be about, and one you know what I mean, and that's what every boxing fan, whether casual you take a little bit of interest or you die hard, should be watching. Because it's rare that these kind of bouts come round you know you know in in yeah, in in boxing, full stop. You know what I mean? That's all the political bullshit in the background. You know, so yeah, yeah, yeah really not good. So, yeah, um, I have to say, yeah, it, yeah. So, yeah, British broadcasters suck balls basically for doing that. <laughs> God damn them. So, uh, okay. But anyway, I want to um, another thing. I wanted to ask you because, um, with regards, now heard um. Terence Crawford say with regards to what he's achieved so far in the sport, he's already in the Hall of Fame. That's what he believes perhaps. Whether or not I'm paraphrasing, but maybe said something along those lines.
0: Yeah, I remember that. that.
5: Long ago. Yeah. Now, regardless who wins this unification bout, would you say, the, I mean, you can make a strong argument that they have a much better resume at 140 than Crawford. And maybe, and based on that logic from that Statement. Maybe they should be, maybe go into the IBF all
0: the Fame. You know. Yeah. The only diff, the only difference is that Crawford technically won a title at one thirty five, cleaned out one forty, and then won a title at forty seven. So it's true, multi
5: weight world champ. Yeah. He has that
0: dancer. claim. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. you're you're not lying about yeah. one forty. I mean, both. I'd say Taylor and Ramirez already have a better resume at one forty, just in terms of who yeah. they beat. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah.
5: And it- yeah, and it, and again, it's not Crawford's fault of who's available at the time. It's similar yeah. to the critical situation. Right. You beat who you beat. You know, who's there? That's, I mean, you can't, you know, make up an imaginary opponent and have them face them. And you know what I mean. But yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. I just wanted to just uh, share that with you. You know, so like right, you know, UK boxing not picking up the, you know, one of the best fights wow. probably this year. I'm going to go say yeah. So that's some bullshit right there.
0: That's horrible, yeah. man. That's just horrible.
5: It is. It is. It is. But anyway, Mike, I know you've got another call waiting. I'm going to let you go. So, um, again, keep up the good work. And, uh, yeah, speak to you, man. All
0: right. Thanks a lot, brother.
5: Have a good one. You take care, man. Thanks. Thanks. All right.
0: Real quick before the call, next last call here, Chit uh, Corchado on the chat says, I sent you a tweet yesterday about Mosley and Canelo. Be cool if you could talk about it. I'm late to the chat. Uh, if you could, brother, let me remind me of what that tweet was about. I'm sorry, I, I get so many messages. Um, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you might have been asking about drug testing uh, as it relates to uh, Mosley and Canelo and, and them testing positive and having issues with uh, PEDs. Correct me if I'm wrong. So get back in the chat and just give me some details on what you wanted to know about. And yeah, we'll talk about it, brother. Uh, all right, and let's get this last call here. We got another UK call, so let's jump on here. Uh, 796, you're on the show. 796. Hello,
6: Mike. Is this How Hamed? Are you? Yeah, how's it, going? how's it going? What's
0: up, man? How you doing, Hamed? Uh, I mean, the buzz
6: came in just because I finished <laughs> work.
0: I know, man. <laughs> right before bed, you, you know? know, right what? before you guys got to go to sleep, you got to read this shit.
6: I was wicked I was waking. I'm just as I'm about to uh, clock out or get out the building. I see a notification from Michael Benson, that even though I talked about it yesterday, because I, I was talking to someone in the group chat or uh, boxing group chat, and they made a good point. The reason Tyson Fury announced the fight and Bob Adam or none of the other promoters went on record I think Fury or someone in the team told him that I this is just opinion. It could be maybe not true, but they knew that they either lost the case or Waldo won the case and they wanted to prevent uh, prevent, you know, getting the blame and in a way it was damage control. I don't know what you think about that, but the timing of it was a bit hot. After saying that there's no money guaranteed and all that. And then saying he got off the phone to uh, the prince or whatever, the sheikh or king of Saudi Arabia. Like I don't know. I I agree with Steve Kemp. You can't really you can't really feel too much for a lot of these guys when they've been saying every week that this fight's going to be announced this week, this week, this week, and then we're in May now. And I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of lost interest in the whole thing, but at the same yeah. time, I don't want to see the Walter third fight, but couldn't you really blame Wilder if he's in the contract? I think even Wilder's biggest critic, you can't really blame him. Like, if Fury and his team made the mistake of stepping, or whatever, you know, uh, not taking the third fight when it's, when you there, then I think they may maybe deserve some blame as well. What do you think about that?
0: I think it's a fair point. I don't blame Wilder for wanting the third fight. I just think... Why didn't he want the third fight late last year when Fury and Aram and and their their team were willing to do it? It's There was a... Well, apparently there was a deadline that passed and and then it was after the deadline passed, Wilder started talking about the third fight. And I just think there's just been so much grandstanding from all parties involved. The one person that I'll give credit uh, is Anthony Joshua. He's pretty much just, shut up and let the process play out and just he's just been training and doing his thing so he deserves credit but deontay wilder tyson fury eddie hearn i just all these guys involved in this situation every week it's some new shit on twitter and i just i'm just sick of it i it's been overload you know so whoever fights great but like you I mean, i don't I'm not particularly excited about a third fight between Fury and Wilder. I don't hate the fight. It's always going to be a good matchup between those two. They're two of the top heavyweights in the world. And I do think the third fight will be better than the second fight. But it's not the fight that we need. <laughs> it's not number one versus number no, no. two. You know what I'm saying?
6: <clears throat> no, no. Yeah, I agree. Uh, this would would have been a good case. Now, I don't know what's in the third of if If the fight if he's ordered by the judge and they have to fight him or the Fury will get stripped or whatever step aside. I don't know the WBC what they say, but say if they have to fight him and they'll have to go ahead. Uh, I do think uh, the bad thing about this is that I don't know if we'll ever get the Joshua Fury fight thing when they're both in the prime because I'm not sure, but I think Usyk could beat Joshua. I don't know what you think, but I think Gusek is all wrong but-
0: I don't know. I, I just we still haven't seen Usyk take a real heavyweight punch, so we we just don't know if um, he can you know, handle a, a straight right hand from Joshua. And one of those shots will get in. If he can, then I agree with you. He can beat uh, he he can beat Joshua, but I'm just not sure.
6: So Usyk did a better job. Look, outside DVD, everyone else has either won twelve rounds with Chizora or the actual rematch to knock out uh, Chisora or stop it, whatever. I think he, that I think the Hayes win has aged really well. in 2012 But Ustik, I thought, did a better job than Parker did on, what's it called, uh, yeah. Chisora. And even White. the first fight could have went either way. I know he knocked him off in the second fight, but a lot of people thought Chisora was winning that until he got clipped. But besides the point, he needed two fights to get rid of him. I, I think Ustik is better than Parker so, if he could overcome the size, I think he would maybe trouble Joshua. And if he could maybe take a punch, maybe even beat Joshua. But style wise, I'm not sure if you'd want to pull Joshua in with him. I heard Steve Kim saying that he made a good point, I think, on one of the podcasts. Since last February, I think only out of these three guys, Joshua, Friedman, Wilder, if only one of them was fought, which is Joshua against Pulev. So, I don't mm. think it's a good joke when people are criticizing Canelo. At least Canelo has fought for yeah. three, four times
0: since then. Three times I in mean, six months. It's
6: now just been hold
0: up. Yeah. Th- that's my and... biggest complaint is that the we had, again, we had a global pandemic last year. That put everything on hold, and, and I understand, and that's nobody's fault. But so far in 2021, when things are opening back up, the whole world, the whole boxing world has been waiting for Fury, Joshua, Wilder for this whole situation to get resolved. Then everything else will follow. And, you know, it, I just feel like we're, all three of those guys are going to fight once in 2021. It, it's, it's just a, a, a bad situation. And it, it's holding up progress. Yeah,
6: I think it's only enough to the sport and the division yeah. when every division has been held up. It's not good. I think what would have been good was if Joshua and Fury fought, I know people want him in the UK, but at the moment, uh, I think here to say that uh, you can they can't guarantee crowds, so it's not going to be in the UK, but whatever they fight, if it's in Saudi Arabia, if it's in China or whatever, and the winner is to fight Walder. I wouldn't mind that. Yeah. If Walder fights to or Charles Martin. At least then, if Joshua wins, Joshua and Walder potentially would be maybe a fight they could make next. But now, I'm not sure. I, I still think the Fury, but, I don't know what happens if Wilder wins that big fight. Yeah. I just don't know really who like the whole thing. If, if he does, I, I don't think he's a fight.
0: I, I don't know if, if he'll fight Joshua. I don't know if the, a Wilder-Joshua fight would happen okay. because Wilder's turned it down in the past. But, I mean, I got to wrap up the show, yeah, man. I've been going for be a, an hour 40, yeah. so... Yeah, I was, uh, That's
6: the thing, Michael, could good But I'd say then we may have to see, see a fourth fight. Uh, yeah. I don't know if a lot of people... I'm interested uh, in that. I think the I think the first part will do better than the first part in America, but there's no way it's going to do better than the second part. Then. No way. To my knowledge, the second part almost cracked a million. It didn't even crack a million. I think it was nine hundred thousand. But can yeah. you get on with it? A good show, as usual. Keep up the good work.
0: Thank you, Ahmed. Have a good day or a good night. All
6: uh, right, you too. Appreciate it. You too. Good show. All
0: right, guys. Uh, a couple more things in the chat here. Uh, so, so Chris, or I'm sorry, Chit. Coachella was asking about, um, so he says uh, Shane Mosley went 12 rounds with Mayorga, Ricardo Mayorga, then turns around and looks superhuman against Antonio Margarito. His history with, he has a history with Belco, but it seems he gets a pass from the media and the fans. Well, I mean, Mosley, Shane Mosley, he he did have a pass with performance enhancing drugs. I don't know if he gets a pass uh, from a lot. Maybe he does from some fight fans, But as far as the Margarito fight, I mean, that's a Styles Make Fights thing. But also Antonio Margarito is mentally shot because of what took place minutes before that fight in the locker room. We had to rewrap his hands. Something was found in his glove. I'm not going to go through that entire case again. But he was mentally done going into the ring that night. So that was not Mosley beating a uh, 100% mentally, emotionally fit version of Antonio Margarito. I do think that played a role there. Uh, As far as him getting a a pass from fans and stuff, he fought before Vada testing was as mainstream as it is right now. He fought before social media was as huge as it is now. I understand social media was around when Shane was fighting, but social media is much bigger now. And the entire boxing industry is basically on social media now, right? There's apps streaming fights. There's no more HBO The the entire landscape of the sport has completely changed. So he kind of benefited from being in a different era where things were less transparent and people talked about these things less. So some of it was just timing. But um, when it comes to performance-enhancing drugs in boxing, a lot of guys seem to get a pass. The guys that really uh, get hit the hardest in terms of PR are two-time, three-time poppers, guys like Jarrell Big Baby Miller. That's a guy that he screwed up an amazing opportunity where he was going to fight Joshua for the heavyweight championship of the world. That could have been him fighting AJ, a compromised Anthony Joshua instead of Andy Ruiz, and he screwed it up with performance-enhancing drugs. I mean, that's just unforgivable. Shane Mosley, yeah, he used performance-enhancing drugs, but he also did some amazing things in the amateurs and in the pros he had some amazing performances he accomplished superhuman feats in the ring was he 100% natural or partially artificial I don't know but you can't take away those W's now and the championships and things like that so that's the difference between Mosley and say a guy like Jerrell Big Baby Miller Miller's never fought anybody his first chance to really fight somebody he screwed it up and then I think not even a year later, he screwed it up again. You know what I'm saying? He was being given, uh, given an opportunity by top rank, and he screwed that up. So um, that's the difference, why some guys get a pass and others don't. At the end of the day, if you get in the ring and do special things, that's what fight fans are going to remember the most. Muhammad Ali is called the greatest ever. He did some really nasty things outside the ring. He treated some friends and family members bad. He wasn't a very good husband. He wasn't a very good father. Uh, He wasn't a good friend to people like Joe Frazier who who went out of their way to help him. And I'm not beating up on Muhammad Ali. He was one of the greatest fighters of all time. But people kind of overlook some of those, you know, weaknesses in his character because of what he accomplished in the ring. You know what I'm saying? And that's just. I think that's what it is with, with Mosley. So, all right, guys, let's, uh, let's wrap it up, man. Wow. Some, some crazy breaking news. And depending on where you sign in all this thing with this Deontay Wilder arbitration deal, you're either super, super excited or you're kind of bummed out because we were a few months away from the biggest fight in heavyweight boxing in 30 years. So uh, that's, that's kind of a buzzkill, man. But, such as life in uh, the boxing world anyway guys awesome show maybe we'll do another one friday on my channel so keep your eyes open for that if if i have the availability work-wise i will do it uh either way we'll, we'll watch the fight together saturday night that's gonna be an awesome fight between taylor and ramirez and we'll chop it all up next monday on tnc all right guys have a good one and i'll see you